Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's up, you guys? It's Will. And for those of you who don't know me already, I help produce a Paranormal Chicks. Now this week, Donna and Kerry are taking a brief break to focus on their health, but fear not, because I have hand-selected some of my personal favourite and some of your favourite sinister sightings for this best of episode, and I am so excited for you to hear it. Before we get into that, just a reminder to keep your sinister sightings coming in. Send them to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com or you can send them in on the website aparanormalchicks.com. So without further ado, let's get into these amazing sinister sightings stories. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Hey there, Donna and Carrie. I finally managed to get it together enough to send you my stories. I'm one of your Brit listeners, and I grew up in sleepy rural Lincolnshire in a market town called Bourne. Nothing much happens within a 20-mile radius. Super dull. Everybody knows each other. It's not quite as parochial as it used to be, but you can pretty much guarantee that if you're up to no good, at least five people will have told your mom before you've gotten home. Oh, Lord, yes. All that changed in October 2009 when there was a murder in a nearby village. Oh, fuck. Dun, dun, dun. Alan Wood lived in Lound, a hamlet which is even more rural than Bourne. Hamlet? <laughs> I'm telling you, legit, I like... Parochial, I had to go, like, you (laughs) are way smarter than us. Always. Yes. He was a 50-year-old man with his own gardening business. He supplemented his earnings by working the night shift at Sansbury Supermarket in Bourne. This is a two-minute walk from my mom's house. So, he was a very familiar face locally. He was a regular at the Willoughby Arms in Little Bytham. He was well-liked and had no links to criminal activity, so it's a complete mystery as to why he was murdered. On the morning of Saturday, 24th, October 2009, a friend popped around to visit him. Oh my god, I love this story. (laughs) He found the front and back doors to Alan's bungalow were open and didn't get a response when he shouted. As this was unusual, he gave Alan's landlord a call and asked him to come out and investigate with him. They both went into the bungalow and found what has been described as one of the most horrific scenes witnessed in Lincolnshire police history. Oh, gosh. They found Alan lying face down in a pool of his blood in his living room. It was apparent that he had been there a few days. Mm. His, His hands were taped together, and he had huge stab wounds to his head and body. Mm. He was murdered by having his throat slit, and the murderer had unsuccessfully tried to decapitate him. Uh Uh-uh. 
Nothing was missing from the property apart from his bank cards. His neighbors hadn't heard anything suspicious. The last time Allen had been seen alive was on 21st October. He was captured on CCTV at Morrison's Supermarket in nearby Stamford. After he had finished his shop, he went home via his local, the Willoughby Arms, and left around 6.30 p.m. There are 65 hours unaccounted for before he was discovered. This is what detectives believe happened to Allen. He was attacked on Thursday, 22nd October. He appeared to have been in bed reading when a disturbance at the front door led him to investigate. He was overpowered by two men and his hands were bound by tape. He was then tortured to obtain his pen before he was finally murdered. Oh my gosh. Police found evidence of the murderers, I mean the S in parentheses because they don't know, at the scene. A footprint made by a UK size 8 Converse trainer, fragments of a Delane bus ticket. They are a company based in Bourne who run local services. My granddad used to work as a bus driver for them. And a full male DNA profile. No match has ever been made for the DNA profile in the UK or abroad. What? Alan's bank cards had been used a number of times. 11 attempts had been made at various ATMs, with only two being successful. There are CCTV images of the perpetrator using the ATM on West Street in Bourne, and witnesses state they saw two men using the ATM at Sansbury's store where Alan worked in Bourne. They managed to produce a photo fit of the suspect they dubbed, quote, ATM man. He was described as 5'9 to 5'11, slim to medium build, possibly walked with a limp, dressed in smart, casual clothes, and a distinctive striped scarf. He's a smoker. He appears to be a local, as he knew where the CCTV was in the area and used the local bus service. There is no apparent motive for Allen's murder. The most likely possibility is a case of mistaken identity. Allen bore a strong resemblance to the manager of the Sansbury store he worked in. No. It's possible that the killers followed him home, thinking he was the manager and therefore had the keys which they tortured him for. It will soon be the 10th anniversary of Allen's murder. Four people have been arrested in the investigation and more than 20,000 people have been spoken to. It has been featured twice on Crime Watch and has been the subject of a documentary, Donald McIntyre, Unsolved. Police are hopeful that his murderer will be found, but it still remains unsolved. It wasn't signed, so I'm going to keep him anonymous because I don't know. But, so, question. Is a UK size 8 smaller than our size 8? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. So, they weren't very large, whoever this was that left the footprint. Yeah. And I feel like that's a really small shoe size for someone who's 5'9", five, 5'11". Five, so, I'm wondering, is the shoe print left by a woman? Mm. And, obviously, it's a male DNA profile that they found. So, hilarious. But, if they're thinking that maybe it was two people to have overpowered him. Yeah. And, I mean, if they're looking for two men, really, they should be looking for a man and a woman, maybe. Mm, that's pretty damn good. I mean, I'm probably completely wrong. <laughs> probably completely wrong. This next one is titled, Two Ghosts, One House. Now, that's a video I would watch. 
Hey, Donna and Carrie, when I stumbled upon your podcast, I didn't realize how much I was going to love it. I legit laugh out loud sometimes at stories in the peanut gallery during the stories. (laughs) Y'all make my day at work go by so much faster. Thank God I can wear headphones at work. I may have also gotten a couple of other coworkers to listen to the podcast now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now onto my creepy story. Dun, dun, dun. My friend, we worked together, and I were hanging out at her house one Saturday afternoon when the motion-activated lights turned on in one of the two back bedrooms. Now, the creepy part is that her dog was hanging out there with us, and her cats were in her bedroom. I mentioned the light to her, and her response, oh, that's a ghost in the back bedroom. Like, hold up, wait, what? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. She then went on to tell me that he isn't the only spirit in her home. There are actually two. Holy shit. One is her dad's great aunt, Arnette, who was a psychic medium a long time ago. Sandy, my friend, inherited two items of particular importance of Arnette's. One is an old rocking chair and the other is an old Buddha statue that she would use to put herself into trances. Those objects cannot be in the same room or else creepy shit happens, like the rocking chair rocking itself. I for sure introduced myself to Arnett after being told that. My thought is that it can't hurt to be polite to unknown spirits. The second ghost in her house is one she actually doesn't know the name of, but she knows it's male. She told me that a couple of different times, friends would stay over after drinking a bit too much wine And if it was a couple, like a guy and a girl, that the guy would end up getting woken up in the middle of the night by a voice whispering, hey, don't mess with her. (gasps) Sandy and I both agree that it sounds like an older brother sort of thing, like, hey, don't hurt her or I'll mess you up kind of threat. Not harmful, just protective. But he messes with crap all the time. She has an agreement with him. That he stays in the spare bedroom, the one without the motion sensor lights, and she doesn't exercise his ass. She's found candles lying next to their candlesticks in that back bedroom, and it's not like the candles got knocked out. They are literally lying next to the holder as if they were pulled out and placed carefully next to the base, touching it, in fact. Hmm. Fuck that. It's a little odd to feel like you're being watched and then have it confirmed. But she has a pretty good handle on them, so I don't feel apprehensive. Just aware. Hopefully that all made sense as I'm not the best writer ever. I'll send in more stories later. I live in Tampa, so I've got a few about Ybor City, some paranormal, some true crime, including some organized crime. Oh, yes. Send it in. (coughs) Mafia. (coughs) Oh, she says that? Yeah. Oh, funny. (laughs) Creep it real, Sarah. Wow. How are you going to be so nonchalant? Like, oh, yeah, that's just my ghost. Right? No. I mean, I feel like if you have a ghost, you should have to, like, make somebody sign a waiver or some shit. Like, let a girl know. Mm-hmm. Don't just be like, oh, that's the friendly house ghost. Oh, right. by the way, there's two of them. Okay, this one is sleep paralysis. Hey, y'all. I have to be like everyone else and start off by saying how much I love your podcast. I recently started listening and now I'm hooked. I love everything you all talk about, stand for, etc. And I love how I feel like I'm friends with you just by listening to you ladies talk. Love it. Thank you. You are friends with us. Duh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let me tell you a couple of my experiences with sleep paralysis. 
my recent one being the worst I've had yet. Dun, dun, dun. Before I begin, I just want to state that sleep paralysis can be caused by sleep deprivation, stress, or abnormal sleep cycles. I usually have these episodes when I'm extremely tired, and on this day, I was exhausted from a long, stressful travel and lack of sleep. Sleep paralysis usually happens when you're falling asleep or trying to wake up. It was late afternoon, I had a full belly, and was very sleepy. Oh, now that is like the fucking trifecta. (laughs) Afternoon, full belly, and you sleepy, I'm done. That's Carrie's erotic literature right there. (laughs) Let me be a little warm and cozy and forget about it. I turned on a movie and eventually dozed off on my couch. Usually when I have a moment of sleep paralysis, I can't wake up and I hear things that aren't really there or happening. Or my mind hears noises and interprets it as something else. Example, I could hear my dog walking on my wooden floor, but in my mind it sounded like someone is breaking in. This time, I was trying to come out of a deep sleep. I knew what was going on around me, but I started to hallucinate and I couldn't tell what was really happening. During this time, it almost felt like I was inside and outside of my body. I was sitting on top of myself, feeling and watching it happen at the same time. But the thing moving looked like a creature. My body felt very heavy. I was trying to physically get up, move my arms, and crawl around, but I felt like my limbs were paralyzed. It truly felt like I was trying to move, but in reality, I was completely still. While trying to move, I was laughing at nothing and screaming and trying to talk. I was literally hearing it all, but it wasn't actually happening. I was trying to kick and get up, but something was holding my chest and torso down. When I finally came out of it, I was in such a panic I couldn't breathe. My boyfriend was on the couch napping with me, and he stated, I never said or did anything in my sleep. It all felt so real. That was just one of my many episodes. Sometimes I don't do anything, but I hear people whisper screaming in my ear and something trying to touch me. I will often wake up and my eyes will roll in the back of my head, and the sleep paralysis will happen over and over again. Anyway, That's my story for you. I have lots of others I will eventually send in. I have a creepy sixth sense that I think y'all would be interested in. Love you, fam. Jordan. Hell yeah, we'd be interested in it. Mm -hmm. Send that in. And holy shit, that's fucking scary. Anything where you aren't in control or like you lose control of your movements or, and especially when your brain is playing tricks on you like that, Mm -hmm. like I cannot even imagine. Mm -mm. I don't want to experience it. Mm Mm-mm. Oh, shit. I don't want to experience this either. It says my mom's Ouija board story. I don't want any part of that either. I mean, I want to hear a story, but I don't want to be part of a Ouija board. Mm-mm. You know what? You'd be the goodbye. That's all you want to say. You no. never want to say fucking hello. No. You know what? Y'all would think the planchette was moving because my shaky ass hands. <laughs> that, it's true. My hands shake all the damn time. Or my belly would hit it. I would be like trying to move up or something. And you know my belly always moves the table. Mm-hmm. We play air hockey with our bellies. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, ladies. I wrote this in about a month ago, and I could have sworn I sent it in, and I just noticed it in my drafts. Whoops. And she did face palm emoji. That's definitely some shit I would do. Mm-hmm. I've done that at work, too. I'm like, I sent that in to you. Oh, no. Mm-mm. It's my drafts. Gotta hit send. I am the world's worst. It's saying, attached, you'll find blah, 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 and not put an attachment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank God now Google is smart and it goes, 
and like Microsoft Outlook that you most people use at work. It'll be like, uh, you said attachment and there ain't none attached. You sure about this? Right. I love that you said Microsoft Outlook. Well, what else would you call it? But you make fun of me for saying Hurricane Katrina. Well, I mean, you could have a positive outlook and it not be Microsoft. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but this is my mom's story, and it's made me never, ever want to play with the Ouija board. So my mom says that whenever her and her friends would play with the board, the spirits or the board never liked her. It would always call her a bitch and tell her to leave the room. Well, one night, my mom and her best friend wanted to go out so bad, but everything was going wrong. My mom calls it the night she was never supposed to go out. It all started with my mom and her friend wanting to go on a double date, but everything was preventing them from seeing each other. One of the guys' car wouldn't start, and they didn't have a ride, so my mom's best friend decided to take her Jeep. At first, she couldn't find her car keys. Then her car wouldn't start. And they also had to sneak her out because her family was super strict. But finally, they were on their way. When they picked up their dates, they decided to go to the beach. Once they were all there, they felt like their luck had finally changed because they saw some people having a bonfire. So they walked towards them to join the party. As they got closer, they saw that they were not having a normal bonfire. It looked like a satanic ritual. Oh, shit. So they ran, and the devil worshippers, quote-unquote, chased after them. They got to their car safely, thank God, and took off. They called in a night and dropped their dates off back at home. One of their dates' mom was a really nice Christian lady and kept asking them to stay the night, but my mom's friend had strict parents and had to go back home before they noticed she was gone. The nice mom even made sure they wore their seatbelt because she never wore it. Well, that ended up saving their lives because on the way back home, her best friend fell asleep while driving, and so did my mom, and the Jeep flipped. And can you guess what landed in the middle of them? The fucking Ouija board. Damn. P.S. When I told my mom about sending in her story, she was like, oh, do I win something? And I was like, no, mom. We just get to hear them tell your story on the podcast. And she was like, oh, that would be cool to listen to. And then she did another facepalm emoji. I mean, did you have a conversation with my mother? My mom would have been like, where do I watch it? No, legit. That's what my mom says. (laughs) I love you, ladies, and I tell everyone I know about your podcast. Also, I joined Facebook just for your group, which is an awesome group. And I go by my middle name on Facebook, Tatiana Nunez, because Facebook sketches me out. Mm -hmm. Girl, true. Also, I was just listening to episode 66 at work, and the eraser for our whiteboard flew off the shelf. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, thank you so much, Tatiana. I wonder what they were doing at that bonfire. And why did they chase them? They were probably like, wait, come back. We're not doing anything. Right? Oh, and shout out to Tatiana's mom. Thank you for that wonderful story. Glad y'all both survived. Thank you to the wonderful Christian mom that told y'all to buckle your seatbelts. Wow. Hi, ladies, and hello, fellow creepsters. I sounded like a game show host when I read that. That's exactly what you needed to. Okay. I love the podcast and find you both entertaining and freaky as fuck, LOL. Ooh, that's what I like. That's going on my Tinder profile. They don't call me Freaky Deaky Donna for nothing. Literally no one calls you that. I I know. (laughs) 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 Like those memes. No one. Me. They don't call me Freaky Deaky Donna for nothing. (laughs) Everyone. 
(laughs) (laughs) I've got quite a few stories to tell you, but I'll start with a few of the shorter ones first. Some of the details of these earlier experiences are a bit fuzzy. I'm getting older, plus I take meds that can cause brain fog. Ain't getting old grand, rolls eyes. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. But I do remember the important parts. When I was a young girl. When I was a young warthog. I knew that was coming. Like, literally, I paused because <laughs> I knew that was coming. I had one of those dolls that stood about two feet tall. She had a knob in the middle of her back that, when wound up, allowed you to make her reddish-brown hair shorter. What? Mine didn't have that, but she did have an outfit. And I would wear her outfit, including the high heels. Oh, okay. You can also pull the hair at the crown of her head to make her hair longer. Yeah, I remember those dolls. Do you remember that? No. You could, like, well, I almost literally finished, like, reset her sentence. Oh, my gosh. My mom stayed home with my sister and I, and my dad worked at one of those companies that delivers and picks up carpeted rugs that restaurants and stores use in their foyers and lobbies. Or foyers. Suffice to say, I didn't have a gob of toys to play with, and I especially loved this baby doll. Since she was such a big doll, when I was done playing with her, I'd slide her under my double bed. That sounds scary. That's me saying that sounds scary. One night, as I tried to drift off to sleep, I heard a distinct thump. It freaked me out, but I was too scared to get out of bed to investigate. The next morning, I tried to pull my doll out to play with her, but as I tugged on her feet, she wouldn't budge. Mm -mm. I moved to the side of the bed and got down on my stomach to peer under to see what she was hung up on. When I looked, I saw her right arm was extended up with her plastic fingers touching the bottom of my mattress. Uh Uh-uh. I quickly pushed her arm down, pulled her out from under the bed, and stood her up in the closet. I didn't want to make a fuss, so I never mentioned this to my parents, but played with the doll less and less. On the occasion when I did play with her, she was always stored in the corner of my closet with the door shut when I was done. I don't know whatever happened to her. When my sister was little, she was given a creepy-ass toy clown. There was a string in his back, and when pulled, it would, of course... Cackle this unnerving laugh, thanks to a battery pack stuck inside. She named him Heine, and he, <laughs> <laughs> and he stayed in the rocking chair that sat in the corner of her room when she wasn't playing with him. About a year or so later, Poltergeist came out. I'm assuming that she saw a commercial and not the actual movie since she was so young. Whatever she saw, she decided that she didn't want to play with Heine anymore since the young boy in the movie was attacked by his toy clown. My sister took the batteries out of the pack, and he stayed in the rocking chair, flanked by other dolls and stuffed animals that my little sister had. One day, my sister sat playing on the floor of her bedroom. I was in my bedroom across the hall, and the only noise was her soft chatter as she played with her Barbies. Suddenly, Heine's laugh rang out, Mm -mm. despite the fact that the batteries were no longer in. My sister insisted that he be thrown out, and luckily my mom agreed and tossed him in the trash. My sister is grown now and, surprisingly, doesn't have a phobia about clowns, but she also doesn't go seeking those creepy fuckers out. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Please do the laugh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I wish y'all could see her face. What a sound bite that is. <laughs> Fuck my life. 
Got chills. <laughs> I didn't know that's what you were going to do. It was I didn't weird. either. It just came out. That was fucking Heine. <laughs> Made an ass of myself. <laughs> now I'm going to go clean my ass. God bless. <laughs> That was scary as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking maniacal. <laughs> oh god, the crap of all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never asking you to do shit like that again. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm not gonna get that thought. Ooh, good. It was like. <laughs> God, <laughs> so good, but bad. I'm gonna go pee. All right, a little bit more to go on this story, maybe without the sound effects. Never again will I ask you to do a fucking laugh. I like legitimately am a little hoarse from I just laughed so hard. I just wish that they could have seen your face. I'm still like, freaked out, like in sheer terror on your face, like. Like you, I, I can't even. Well, you know what I imagined? As, hmm, it might be goosebumps, but I'm really thinking it's, are you afraid of the dark? Are you dark? afraid of the dark at the beginning? The beginning yeah. thing with the clown comes out. That's mm-hmm. exactly what, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's what that laugh is. And <laughs> I'm sorry, Heine. I'll never laugh at your name again. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, shit, that was And she looked at me when she was laughing, y'all, like, right in my eyes. She doesn't look at my eyes like that. She normally looks at my tits. (laughs) Nah. What tits? Touche. Touche. Okay. I don't know what could be scarier than that laugh. (laughs) Poor Heine. Okay. One summer, my younger sister and I traveled to Arkansas to see my grandparents. They lived in an incredibly small town with a single stoplight, and the big hangout was a sonic drive-in. One night in particular, my pawpaw was already in bed since he had to wake up early for work. My sister was little, so she was already tucked into bed, too. My granny and I sat watching TV, and eventually, she was tired and wanted to go to bed. I, however, wasn't ready to turn in. Maybe my insomnia had already started. I told granny that I wanted to stay up and watch TV. She asked what I was going to watch, and after flipping the few channels they had, I settled on TBS. Turns out, TBS was showing Helter Skelter. Mm, mm. My granny said that she didn't think I should watch that movie. I lied and said I had already seen it, so it was no big deal. (laughs) Granny finally gave in and warned me, All right, but don't come wake me up if you get scared. So she went to bed. And soon, her snoring joined Pawpaw's, and everything was eerily quiet except for the low volume of the movie. At some point, I decided I had had enough and didn't want to watch anymore. I flipped off the TV and the lights and ran for my bedroom. I jumped in bed and hunkered under the covers. I tried to jostle my sister awake because, shocker, I was freaked the fuck out. Oh, I would be too. She was out like a light, though, and wasn't budging. I laid there trying to will myself to sleep, but it eluded me, and my little mind raced as I laid in the inky blackness. The only sounds that I heard were the ticking of the big clock in the front room, the far-off rumbling of semi-trucks driving somewhere, and my sweet grandparents snoring. Not wanting Granny to get mad at me, I devised a plan. I got out of bed and scampered across the hall to my Granny and Pawpaw's room, where I shook her awake. Granny! 
Granny, Granny, I whispered loudly. She finally woke up and I said, Granny, my tummy hurts. <laughs> After assuring her that I didn't just need to go potty, LOL, she got out of bed and we walked to the kitchen. Once there, she gave me a dose of Pepto, and after thanking her, I ran off to bed. I knew that since she was up now, she'd have a cup of coffee. She drank coffee all the time, night or day, and at least one cigarette. (laughs) Settling into bed again, I took comfort in the small sliver of light that shone in the crack of the door and knowing that Granny was up and would obviously ward off any bad stuff that might happen. I hope these haven't bored you to tears. I'll send the others very soon. Creep it real and don't get scared. Much love. XOXO Carla H. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Well, one, Pepto tastes really good to me. Oh, I hate the way it tastes. God, I could drink it all. I hate it. So good. So that I'd be like, I get the pills. If I, no, if I take Pepto, I get the pills. I don't like the, the liquid. I'll take any of it. I mean, the pill is like, yeah, because it works. But if I have it, I'll drink it. But also, I love, like, that's how little minds work. Like, uh-huh. oh, like, this adult's up. Nothing's going to happen now. And also, Granny definitely knew that your stomach wasn't hurting. Mm-hmm. She knew you were scared, which is why she probably stayed up to have her coffee and cigarette, because she knew. Mm-hmm. And we all know how I feel about that Heine character. <laughs> I'm not re-listening to this sinister thing. <laughs> this next one says, have I got a paranormal story for you? Oh, yes. Hi, ladies. My name is Mercedes. I'm 28 years old and I'm from Indiana. I love the podcast and I've been binge listening to it nonstop since I found it. You two are hilarious and you get me laughing so hard. I must look crazy to people in traffic when I randomly burst out laughing with nobody else in the car. Anyway, I will tell you the first strange thing to ever happen to me. It happened when I was in kindergarten. A little prequel before getting into it. I have narcolepsy, which can come along with all different sensory hallucinations, and I have sleep paralysis quite often. Symptoms didn't truly start until about seven years ago. The reason I say this is because I know the difference between these explanations and what happened then. I also was not allowed to watch scary movies or much of anything. I grew up Pentecostal. If you don't know what that is, they are called holy rollers. Speaking in tongues, no cutting your hair, dresses or skirts, not pants, no makeup, among other rules, and no TV. However, my family had a TV and we watched limited channels. Again, nothing scary. The first scary movie or TV show I ever watched was when I was 14 years old. I digress. So, getting into the story. I was about six years old, lying in the bed and staring at the ceiling. My small bed was against the inner wall with the headboard next to the door. My parents were in their room on the other side of the house and my baby brother was in his crib. We had no animals at the time because the landlord didn't allow pets. We got one later on and hid it from him, but that's another story I will send another time. While lying there in my bed, I felt a hand run its fingers through my hair. I mean, again, if a ghost is going to fuck with me, please play with my hair. I felt that it came from under my bed, not above me. I thought... 
Why would my mom or dad get on the floor to check on me? Oh, my God. Then it grabbed a handful of my hair. Okay, now it's getting to my level. Next, I felt a hand slowly put its fingers around my ankle. Uh Uh-uh. I gasped and curled up in the fetal position. It definitely wasn't one of my parents. I slowly got closer and closer to the wall because I was thinking if I looked through the crack between my bed and the wall, whoever it was wouldn't see me. When I finally looked, I saw a black solid shadow with two red eyes looking at me. I didn't see any features other than those eyes. It turned and started crawling from under my bed. I turned around and I stood on my bed. The shadow stopped and sat in the middle of the room staring at me. I felt the malice coming from the shadow. I looked over and my baby brother was sleeping. I wanted to scream for my mom and dad, but I got in trouble before for waking my brother, so I didn't. I got up as much courage as I could and I jumped from my bed to the door and ran as fast as I could to wake my parents up. Yes, I left my helpless baby brother alone with this thing. I'm a horrible big sister. I mean, he was asleep. I mean, but, I mean, what you gonna do? Go pick him up and then schlep him to your parents' room? Hell you get in no. trouble for waking him up again. Exactly. So you had to do what you had to do. Mm-hmm. The lesser of two evils, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Red-eyed demon, take your brother. Your parents get mad at you for waking him up. <laughs> I mean, he basically volunteered his tribute. Uh, exactly. It was like, hey, stay asleep if you are okay. Okay, you're you're cool. Okay, bye. When they got to the room, whatever or whoever it was, was gone. I was crying and couldn't believe that they told me it was a dream. It wasn't a dream. I was awake. I could not sleep lying flat on my back until I was 12 years old. I was terrified it would happen again. To this day, I can't sleep unless my feet are covered by at least a sheet. I can't explain what this was or why it never happened again. When I experience hallucinations, they are short and never as real or scary as this. Sleep paralysis is not an explanation either, as I moved. My great-grandfather, who was a Pentecostal preacher, believed it was a devil or a demon coming for me, since children are the easiest targets. And you left your brother alone in the room? Again. I mean, is your brother actually a demon then? Did he inhabit your brother? Changeling. Damien. I am not religious at this point of my life, and even as a child, I had questions. So I don't believe that. You can believe what you will, but it was and likely will always be the most terrifying experience of my life. I have many more scary stories and some true crime stories for you later. I hope you enjoyed this one for now. Thank you, ladies, for making me laugh and giving me a good scare. I look forward to listening to you more. Wow, Mercedes, that is so scary. Fucking terrifying. Okay, this one is The House on Earl Avenue. Hello, my beautiful babes. Your friendly neighborhood witch here to give out some fall advice and tell you guys about my grandma's house in an email where I won't feel so bad to write as much. I do want to explain first that in my family, most of the females are capable of sensing spirits in some way. My mother, although, is better at it with animals than humans, but it's reversed with me. I guess it's kind of strange to some people, living with spirits on the daily and knowing when there is one nearby, but I've been stuck with it. 
Not that it's a bad thing, but it can freak me out sometimes when I'm typing and someone decides to crawl along the floor just to fuck with me. Do I even have to explain which spirit it is anymore? No, it's a shadow man that likes us. That wanted to come visit us. Keep him there. We, we don't We mm-mm. don't want a creepy crawly. Mm-mm. I haven't watched any of the Spider-Man. I don't like creepy crawlies. So I think I will start off with my grandma's house and how freaking insanely haunted it is. Luckily, only good spirits, so no bad entities are capable of coming through. My grandma has many spirits who come to visit her time to time through the cellar, but even before it became the house it is now, it looked much different when it was bought. My grandma and grandpa had just had my aunt, and my mother was still quite young. They wanted to find a place to call home, so they wouldn't constantly be ending up on the streets and homeless again. Living in their car time to time was tough on two little babies. Oh, Oh my God. My grandma explained how when they went house shopping, they had looked at countless houses. This one wasn't even the one they had originally planned to get. But the moment my grandparents stepped foot on the property, my grandma knew there was something special. Something, well, homey. I swear that's how all the scary stories start. Hopefully, I mean, this one sounds better than that. But, you know, like we were looking and it just came out of nowhere. Yes. You know, I felt that attraction to this house. I was driving past it and saw it and just had to stop. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The house itself is shockingly small. It's under a thousand square feet, I believe. My grandparents spent years upon years building on this house and creating what my grandpa loves to call a personal heaven. I believe it's due to the nature of my grandparents that the house called to them. It just seems to have a life of its own, even without all the spiritual stuff. There's just something about this house that nobody can really put a finger on. When my grandma worked at the local TV station in Sacramento, the cast loved to go to grandma's house to do segments on the show because of how the house felt. Now, that's freaking cool. Everybody who stepped in the house gets this overwhelming feeling of relief. Like something was just lifted off their shoulders that had weighed them down so hard that lots of people tend to break down crying in my grandparents' front doorway. It's happened more than once. They've come to mimic that feeling in their own auras, having lived with it for so long. Holy Hannah. People who have only gone there once seem to find their way back during times of intense stress in their lives. My mother's ex-boyfriends even show up and don't realize why they're there, but my grandparents always bring them in for a cup of coffee and talk and see what's wrong and feed them. It's like, honestly, I want to say the house is like a legit safe house that heals at the same time. Can they open this up as a bed and breakfast? Because your girl needs one to be fed and two to be healed. And three to have all the coffee. Talking about me, not you, Carrie. Well, uh, just give me the coffee. (laughs) But also, there are so many ghosts, it's ridiculous. Once, a little boy who had drowned stepped into my grandma's house through the portal, and it seemed like he had been dead for a while, but decided to travel a bit before moving on. And much to my luck, he chose grandma's when I had to work the next day. I got annoyed after three hours of him running back and forth in the kitchen that I hissed, can you not, in the direction of the kitchen. Thank God my grandparents sleep well. It stopped until I turned over, that is. Then he ran towards me and stopped at my feet and stared at me. I knew what he looked like and he wasn't happy I told him to stop. So he fucking stared at me, waiting for me to look at him, because I knew 
what he would look like because he showed me mentally first. Listen, I got freaked out. I absolutely called out to my grandma's guardian spirit, Phoebe, to protect me. She did, but that scared me hard. Kid did good. I'll give it to him. He did damn good. Fuck. Just like a kid to ruin a nap. Also, but like, what do you look like? Probably black with red eyes. Or like, drowned. Oh, wet. <laughs> oh. Oh, no, like drippy wet and ooh. Hey, ladies, I have an ambient story for y'all, and it's a doozy. I have to admit, I'm a little nervous about this being read for the whole world to hear, but it involves something that I dealt with and came out the other side a better and stronger person because of it. You'll understand what I mean in a minute. It's something I am no longer ashamed of, so here we go. Picture it. It's the summer of 2009. Not the summer of 69, sadly. I was not around for that. In a small town in East Tennessee. That year in June, I turned 22, and at the time, I was in a really dark place in my life. I was working in the restaurant business and was living with my boyfriend at the time in a really shitty apartment in one of the rougher neighborhoods in my town. I struggled with depression and severe anxiety since I was in high school and still do today. But now, let's show my age here, 10 years later... I have much better ways of coping with it, including medication and therapy. But 2009 was before I actually started dealing with my mental issues, partly because I was in denial and partly because I was too busy for doctor's appointments and keeping an actual schedule and stuff like that. Side note, I'm the poster child for transformation in regard to mental health issues. To anyone who is in denial or thinks that they don't have time or doesn't want to seek help for whatever reason, please don't think you're alone. I have been there and I can't tell you how much it has changed my life for the better. Anyway, back to the story. So my boyfriend and I had been together for about a year or two and he was, for lack of a better word, a pillhead. He had a serious addiction to pain pills, among other things, and as much as I hated the things he did, it's almost impossible to have a close relationship with an active drug user and not fall into it yourself. At that time, and for several years after that, I was addicted to cocaine. It's the only thing I've ever been addicted to, and despite being clean for almost two years, not a day goes by that I don't think about it. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yes, Whoa, that's huge. I have a ridiculously... She put, sorry, Donna, LOL. Girl, you know me and my R's. Okay. I have a ridiculously busy life, and Coke kept me going like nothing else could. I had tried several times to quit before I finally kicked the habit for good, and I can't even describe how hard it was. Like, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. One of those attempts to quit was right after my birthday in 2009. One of the effects of trying to quit cocaine is, surprisingly, not being able to sleep well. So after about a week of only sleeping an average of one or two hours a night, needless to say, I was exhausted. I told my mom I hadn't been sleeping well. I didn't tell her why, and she still doesn't know how bad my addiction really was. At the time, she had just been prescribed Ambien because she has chronic insomnia. This was the time when Ambien was just hitting the market and being advertised, so we didn't know much about it as we do now. She gave me one but told me to take only half of it because, quote-unquote, according to her, they, quote-unquote, put her on her ass. Right. 
So being the hard-headed child I've always been, I thought, I'm a drug addict. I'm going to have to take the whole thing just to feel it. I've never been more wrong in my life. Cue the da-da-dum. Oh, Lord. I took the whole thing and started feeling it within 10 minutes. (gasps) And not the way I was supposed to feel it. I never got sleepy at all, but over the next few hours, I apparently had the time of my life while fighting this Ambien. I don't remember much because I did eventually crash, but here's what my boyfriend said happened. I began hallucinating almost immediately. He wanted to mess around, but I kept telling him no because there was a bunch of little kids standing behind the couch in our living room. I closed my eyes, and when I opened them again, they were still there. Then I tried to lay down and quickly realized that I was staring at the ceiling fan. Big mistake. I was seeing what I can only describe as garden gnomes hanging from the fan blades as it was spinning. Oh my God. (laughs) I started laughing uncontrollably. (laughs) He came in the bedroom to check on me and says I was sitting on the floor, but I think I was still on the bed because how did I get off the bed? I decided to raid the fridge, as one does, but ended up standing there with the door open, just staring into it for probably 20 minutes. Then I remembered I had a bottle of rum that I had gotten for my birthday in the freezer. I was also quite a drinker in those days. Now, that was a good idea. So I chugged the equivalent of about seven shots at once. (gasps) How I didn't vomit, I'll never know. But after that, I started getting really hot. So what do you do when you're fucked up out of your mind and you get hot? Why, you get naked, of course. (laughs) Now, remember, this is only an hour after I've taken Ambien. I wanted to go outside to smoke a cigarette, but my boyfriend told me I had to put on some clothes first. So while he went to the bathroom, I pulled on my boots and walked out the front porch with nothing on but my shoes. It was raining that night, but I kept seeing tennis balls falling (laughs) from the sky. A few minutes later, he opened the door and said, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) I don't remember what I said, but it must have been something really stupid because he tried to grab my arm and pull me back inside the apartment. Oh, you know, or because you're naked. (laughs) Apparently, I have really quick reflexes when I'm on Ambien and Captain Morgan because I moved before he could touch me and bolted down the stairs across the parking lot (gasps) and into a field in front of our apartment building. Titties flapping in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) i must have run pretty far because i remember hearing him yell for me but it was really faint all i could do was lay in the tall grass behind some bushes and laugh my ass off being that it was around 1 a.m on a tuesday there was thankfully nobody outside or any lights on in any of the other apartments (laughs) I don't know how long I sat out there in the field watching the sky moving and shifting and the stars shooting and blowing up. But the next thing, (laughs) there was a flashlight right in my face and someone pulling my arms while Sam... Now, here's where you should have said, sorry, Donna. (laughs) (laughs) While simultaneously trying to wrap something around me. This motherfucker had called the cops (gasps) on me. To this day, I'm not sure if that was a good idea on his part, but whatever. I didn't go to jail, so that's all that matters. So between him and two female cops, they literally wrapped me up burrito style in a blanket or something and had to carry my ass back to the apartment. I was fighting too. I would have been too. (laughs) I remember that because at one point I had lost my boots and I was pissed. (laughs) 
I kept saying, my boots, my boots, while being carried like a sack of taters over his shoulder, but <laughs> no one would listen to me. <laughs> oh, my God. So he finally got me back to the apartment. So he finally got me back in the apartment and locked the deadbolt on the door because apparently I can't operate a deadbolt when I'm fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) He told me he had to wrap another blanket around me and underneath the mattress to literally tie me down so I wouldn't run outside naked again. I laid there for hours talking to no one in particular, just talking about horses and mashed potatoes (laughs) and how I wish I could build a bonfire in our living room. And this went until about 5 a.m., and I finally passed out and slept for two days straight. Holy shit. That's my Ambien story. I hope it's not too much for y'all to handle. Sorry it's long, but Donna, you ask for it. I love you ladies and your podcast, and I hope this gave you a good laugh for the day. And remember, creep it real and don't mix Ambien and rum. Love always, Hellfire. Holy (laughs) crap. Titties I mean, it sounds like a great night. <laughs> oh my gosh. Please, if y'all have any more stories like this, please send them in. Spooky, kooky, freaking love them. And we just want more, more, more. Yes, send us all the paranormal, all the spooky. All the crimey, all the all the things. A paranormal chicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared.